Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. So uh, May 17th is the, I believe, 67th anniversary of Brown versus the Board of Education. Um, and, you know, just I, I read a report. I, and funny, my, my wife kind of sent it through social media. And it was one of these uh, little slideshows that kind of break down some, you know, just just information and, and about just education and a prisoner pipeline situation, the system and just like the, you know, education, just inequalities between black and brown educational system you know the educational uh i guess institutions in black and brown communities versus outside of black and brown communities and it was from ben and jerry's ironically but they're very not they go hard yeah they go hard I, that's the wrong word not ironically they surprisingly go hard. or maybe uh not even because i found yeah i mean for some it will be but for me about a year or so ago i found out how hard ben and jerry's goes like they go real hard um, when it comes to like social injustice and issues along those lines, like they're they're pretty, they're really on the front line, and I, I had no idea, you know, Ben and Jerry's went that hard, but they they start a lot of startup businesses and small businesses, black owned. They're very involved. They they really do a lot of work. But uh, when I saw it, I read it, and I'm just like, wow. And they just, you know, the the point of it was, man, 67 years have passed, or 1967 was it? So I don't know what the math is from there. 1967, I think, was the date, May 17th, 1967. So however many years that is in between, don't kill it. Yeah, all right, so 53 years. Um, but they just talked about how it's crazy that you pass one of the biggest Supreme Court judgments in American U.S. history. And if you fast forward to today, everything's still segregated. With the, with the exception, I think they did the math, it was like a quarter of all schools um, are integrated in every, uh, the rest of the schools in this country are predominantly segregated and how there's like twice as much money, you know, given to, you know, non black and brown schools per year as there is black and brown schools. Now I know a lot of that has to do with taxes and all of that, you know, you know, a lot of stuff that's built in also systematically, mm -hmm. but it was just interesting when I read it and I was just like, wow, I never, you never really think about that, but uh, when you really think about not not that things aren't equal in terms of school systems, but the time between the Brown versus Board of Education and like five decades have passed, and you never really think about the fact that there hasn't really been a ton of change. You know what I mean? Like like uh, it hasn't really like turned in. I think what the expectation was it was going to be. You know, so uh, I listen to podcasts again, right? I listen to podcasts all the time. And, you know, there's a there's a really great one called Revisionist History um, that that discusses Brown versus Board of Education. And, oh, wow. Um, at one point, he goes on and he says, you know, the, the interesting thing about that decision is that we went ahead and we're like, oh, we're going to integrate schools, which sounds like a fantastic idea and so mm -hmm. the government approach to integrating schools was to shut down all the black schools and fire all the black teachers mm. so what we were left with was a bunch of black kids integrating white schools rather than all kids integrating all schools um, so even in the face of something that was tremendously 
important for the equality of peoples. One of the things that you always have to watch out for all the time is the perniciousness of, you know, racists to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm not going to let my white kid go to a black school. Well, a- actually, <laughs> you know, th- those schools were quite successful, right? We had a burgeoning black middle class at the time, right? Like, the, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that stuff was starting to happen. And then Brown versus Board of Ed and the way that that was implemented, um, you know, basically took an entire generation of wealth that was coming up and ruined it. And it was quite intentional, you know? Yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes. so even the things that are, that are good, just like everything, man, there's the law of unintended consequences, right? Like even mm-hmm, the things mm-hmm. that are good mm-hmm. can sometimes be bad, you know? Um, wow. It's, that's, that's it's a hard that, challenge. You're hundred percent right. And just for correction, it was 1954, May 17th, 1954. And so it's been 67 years yes. uh, since the decision. So, Almost oh, seven. so that's where you got the sixty-seven. You got yeah, that's why I got the numbers flipped up. Almost uh, seven decades, you know. And you're right. Um, what you said, yeah, the law of unintended consequences is a hundred percent true, man. Where, you know, there's it, it's the it's the good, it's the bad, and and everything. And I always tell people like, yeah, law, you know, at the end of the day, we can we can change laws, and there are laws that need to be changed. Sure. And we can go in and we can try and flip the system on its head. But, you know, the, the part that, that's going to always suck in life is there's always going to be people out there working the system and trying to figure the system out to fit whatever their views are and whatever their, you know, whatever whatever they want out of the system. And the moment those people get into power, that that's where the problem takes off. The moment, you, moment those people get into power... You, you know, and the, and the sad part is right now and through, you know, my parents' life and but beyond that, those people have always had the power. At and least, that's why. At least yeah. half of it. Yeah, at least half of it. Yeah. Now, yeah. I would like to think that and it feels it definitely feels like the power is shifting a little bit. Not enough where. Well, it's the, made a dude, huge the, difference. The, the kids, the kids these days are totally different. Exactly. Than, Right. Like, so I, you know, I'm uh, 42 mm-hmm. and kids these days are like, they'll be like, they'll ask me, they'll be like, you know, what pronouns should I use for you? And I'm like, <laughs> what do you yeah. think? Like, <laughs> but they roll in a very different way and they look in a, at life in a very holistic way. And, and they're much more open to stuff that, um, isn't intuitive to, to me. Right. And certainly isn't intuitive to the, the generation that I'm, you know, that I grew up in and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's different. And eventually it'll change. It sucks that we have to put certain kinds of things like, you know, a decent education for kids on that sort of timeline. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like oh, I guess we'll just let yeah. another two generations of kids just yeah, you know, suffer. Suffer. No right. problem yeah. until we, yeah, like that's not right, but it's, yeah. you know, on the, at least on the longest timeline, we can see, you know, that the world keeps getting freer and everybody mm-hmm. keeps getting mm-hmm. more and more justice. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a, it's not actually really a leap to what we do on this show, right? The, yeah, not at the all. Point, the point of the show, the, the whole idea behind the show is that you and I both knew that we were both consuming information 
designed for us, right? Like the information that I get is by white dudes for white dudes designed by white <laughs> dudes about white dude thinking about how to start a business. Yeah. And that's cause I'm a white guy. And like, it probably makes sense that I would click that on my phone. Um, and you know, the information that you're getting from, you know, business startups and ideas, same kind of thing. Right. And we were like, you know what, we should make sure that those two things share. And that was one of the conceits behind our show, right? The whole idea is that we need to share those, those points of view. And, and, and my, and Hey, you hit it on the head because the whole perp, the whole point of when I, when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, we're about to do a show. And we had, I had another code open in mind and we're about to do a show. And I'm like, wait, this, this is everything that we're about. You know, this is everything we're about. We're see, you know, when you look at that and you read that, you kind of think like there's this integration of just, you know, blacks and whites, just like people, you know. But I think the the bigger thing to take away from it is it what you just said. It's about the integration of information. You know what I mean? And to be able to, for me to know what you know and for you to know what I know or have at least the ability to gather that information. Have that access. Have that access is what really is going to give more equality throughout this world. It's having the same access to information as the man standing next to you or the woman standing next to you. And that's the goal. That's that's the goal of the show. Well, and if you think about it, like when we were reading this this, this week's chapters, right? Yeah. That's what she was talking about with creativity is like the, the, the big sort of overarching theme, I guess, of, of chapter five, I would say yes. was, was creativity and how that, how that can, can expand and contract depending upon lots of different situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, that uh, you told the story of, uh, or she told the story of, uh, the kid that wanted to go to rice mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. this kid wants to go to rice and then is told he's a bad artist when he's like five years old or whatever, like in an offhanded way, nobody mm -hmm. meant anything behind it. And then he had to do a little art thing for his rice application, had great school scores, was ready to go to rice and all on paper was getting in and then was afraid of being judged for an art thing that he had to do for the application. So he went to some other school. Right. Yeah. And we think about that, like that is that whole like creativity, access, being able to be open, all those things, being having lots of ideas come at you, being able to restart from an idea like all that's all related to the conceits of the show. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as we get into her, her chapters, you know, she definitely for me, this chapter, there were there were discussions about basically how to cope with a lot of the things that she explained were, you know, I guess you can call them not so much issues or diagnosis, but just, what is it like? I guess, uh, just your own personal like triggers, I guess you can call them. Yeah. When she talked about like perfectionism, right? Yeah. Like, as, yeah. As all, things yeah. Those and, things and, and, and different world. Yeah. Numbing and, and all of that type stuff. So now she's talking about, how do we, you know, put in put systems in place to help us cope and not end up falling into those things? Because one of the things she talks about is it's not like you just wake up one day and you're going like, all right, I'm going to stop numbing. I'm going to stop being a perfectionist. I wanna, and, and that's that. Um, she talks about, nope, it's practice. It's every day being conscious 
and making a decision and training yourself to not be a perfectionist, you know, to not just be the person that says yes or no to everything. You know what I mean? To not spend hours and hours hiding away from your problems by playing video games or whatever it is. So, you know, this chapter here was really about different ways to, to really overcome some of those crutches that we've used in society or, um, you know, to deal with like conversations and, and being able to tell people no and being able to be OK when your stuff's not perfect, being able to be all right when things are going well and not being afraid of the other shoe dropping and things being terribly bad. And one and, of those, but you know, you got I, I was going to say, and, and, and I think one of the things that she also brought up and maybe I'm maybe I'm stepping on your toes here. No, no, no. Go is ahead. That, is that like. One of the things that you lose when you uh, when you start limiting yourself by maybe using one of those coping mechanisms that she talked about is that ability to be creative, right? Absolutely. That, that ability to sort of like run with an idea and goof around and have a fun time. And that limits a, a wide array of stuff, right? So she talks about it in like a basic activity like, oh, you know, I don't do the, the, the oh, painting yeah, yeah. and wine <laughs> drinking thing, right? Yeah. So, so like – on that, she said, so I, have a, that. I have a job or something. I'm an adult. Right. <laughs> that was yet. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I don't do painting and wine drinking. I have a job. That was so funny. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, think about how that limits the ideas that you come up with. And, you know, are, are you going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to start 2400 The Movement and we're going to sell art. Like, that's a leap mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. what you guys are doing from a business perspective. But it's part of who you guys are, being creative, trying things out, pivoting, all those stuff. Go together. Yes. Well, she made a line. She she said a line that was really awesome where she goes, you know, in society, for some reason, we believe the opposite of of uh, work is fun. You know what I mean? And like we've somehow managed to make work and fun opposites. And at the end of the day, the true opposite of fun is like sadness or anger, you know, anger. Um, you know, they're, they're uh, depression. You know, these are the opposites of fun, not work. You know, you know, the opposite of work is, is to not work. It's to be lazy. Uh, you, you, you having fun is not lazy. And, and in fact, it takes work to have fun. You know what I mean? You got You got to actually plan it. You got to in, in ways as an adult, we have to actually plan it. I think she called them. uh what was it like? Not white noise, but uh, uh, white white lines or something like that. Some moments wow. that she talked about. Yeah, but she talked about like, you know, having times in a day where she schedules nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What did she call that? But that, yeah. that's it. That's the exact idea. She like she chunked out these spaces. And if you think about it, yeah, when you when you're started, let's say you're just like picking up a new skill, right? When you're first doing it even if it's a video game, like it doesn't really matter what it is. When you're first doing it, you're not focused on fun at all. You need to learn the practice of the thing. Once mm -hmm. you get that down, you start being able to kind of push that, that, that uh, creativity forward and you start to kind of have fun and, you know, go from there. But it's not until you like learn. So the work part comes before the fun part. Like uh, those are, that's definitely a life life lesson I've learned. She reiterated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the uh, the goal, you know, ultimately, is to carve out that time, you know, so that you can be creative, because that's what fun ultimately leads to. It leads to creativity. You know, you think of you as a kid when you when a group of kids get together and you give them no toys, 
you just put them outside in the field, and uh, and what happens? They figure end up they figure it out. They <laughs> end up being extremely creative. You know, they come out, they're playing some game, or they're off in another country or world. You know, I, you know, this is a crazy leap. But as a but as a, like a kid or like a team, my sister used to watch the show Backyard Against. And it was a show about like a bunch of kids that were in the backyard and the show would start them in the backyard and then all of a sudden they'd be off into like this this other world. Never left the backyard, but their imagination would take them off in this other world. But right. that like ideally that's what happened with kids. And as adults, we get to a point where you put us in a room, everyone's looking around like, I don't want to be the first person to like start playing like, you know, table football or, you know, like, you know, making up like games or whatever, like, you know, uh, 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 rock, paper, scissors. Like, I don't want to be that first guy, you know, because then they'll look at me as I'm some type of joke. I, I'm playing around too much. Well, whatever, and she talked, she talked about that with like the, the notes, right? She, she told the story of like bringing notes into important meetings mm -hmm. um, so that she could hold the important concepts that she knows she needs to, you know, discuss or review or, you know, comment on or whatever, think about discussing the meeting, whatever it is. And I, and the example that she gave is like, you know, somebody said, why are you bringing notes? Like kind of like sarcastically. And she was like, because these are the important things about this meeting. Like, I know that if we miss these, that we're not getting value out of these meetings, why aren't you bringing notes? And I was like, huh, that's a really like interesting perspective that you can take you can allow that same creativity to happen in a meeting where you get four people in the room and you kick around ideas, and you, but you bring in that list, right? Of these are the important things that we have to hit on because if we don't hit on these, we're going to miss like the overarching point of the meeting. We're going to waste everybody's time that sits there. I think about that all the time, especially with work meetings that I have, like the best meetings that we have are agenda driven, right? They have these like five or six things we're definitely going to hit. And when we, ha when we have those meetings, they're very effective. We get a lot done. And they're usually a little bit more fun, too, because you can stray and wander a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and I, and I look at what she said, you know, in terms of um, creativity and how important creativity is, you know, just as, a, just as humans. Like, when you look at the pop human population, that's the one thing that from day one, we have the ability to be creative. You know, like that, that is one of the things that connects us all as human beings, creativity. And as you get older, it slowly just dwindles. And you, and, and you end up in a space, I know for me, you end up in a space where you just find yourself being less and less creative. And you find yourself, you know, doing more work, less creativity. More work, less creativity. And before you know it, all you're doing is that famous line that people say, how you doing today? Well, I mean, how's things going? Well, you know, work, kids, work, work, sleep, kids, work, work, <laughs> sleep, kids, work. You know, like if you talk to like some of your friends who are, who are living that parenthood adult life, you know, usually that's what that conversation sounds like is, yeah. How's it know, going? Work. It's going. Yeah, going. It's going. Work, kids. You know, just that. And um, I found myself before we did this podcast, I found myself in a space where I was, I was, I was in that area. I was, I was there. I was, oh yeah, you know, working hard, raising a family, you know, and 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 sleeping a little bit when I can. Um, and then something clicked, and we got this opportunity to be my our first form of creativity, which is this podcast. 
And we got that opportunity to be creative with this podcast. And since then, it literally opened the floodgates for my creativity. I am like, I'm like a freaking 10 year old kid all over again when it comes to creativity. You know, like me and my daughter the other day were watching videos on how to make nail polish just because it's something she's interested in and just nails in general. So we went down all the different ways you could be a part of the nail industry. You know, from the polish to the nails, making the nails themselves in terms of selling acrylic, all of that. Like everything that involves nails, we went down and we sat down and talked about all the different ways she can be involved. And then we watched a, bunch, watched a couple of uh, make your own polish videos. Like I am extremely creative right now. And now, you know what it's done? Like the overarching, you know, like effect that it's had. It's made me 10 times more creative at work in my career mm -hmm. it's opened up my creativity all across the board and uh it's it's made me now you ask me how am i doing i we gonna need about 15 minutes right because I, I'm, I'm doing a lot <laughs> and it's all good stuff and it's all things that i'm excited to do and you know it, it's just it's just changed everything for me so when she talked about creativity and how that has an impact on you and your life and happiness and feeling holistic, living a holistic life. Totally agree. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that like, especially the, the whole idea that I guess it, in, in the, like the tech circles in Silicon Valley or whatever, they talk about like permissionless innovation, right? Like mm. make Uber and then figure out the taxi regulations around it later, like that sort of thing. And the same sort of phenomenon is happening with this podcast, I think. Right. And I think maybe it's happening with anything. Right. Like I wrote a blog. I'm a terrible writer, but I wrote a blog post. Right. So I'm like trying to push that that part of me, that boundary forward. And this podcast is trying to push that other part. Right. So each thing that we're doing, I think, pushes each other thing. And while I'm not right now, like actually pushing forward on a business, whereas you are right now pushing forward on a business like that balance of now I've set up, I've set up a situation where I can be creative and like kind of open the door, I agree, it's kind of like a floodgate, right? Like you open, mm -hmm. you open the door and it just goes like, and you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. I could try this, whatever. There's nothing that stops me. I'm gonna go for it. it it's a very different approach um, that for whatever reason isn't, isn't the approach that I think either one of us were taking, you know, uh, 10 months ago or what, what have you. No, it's not. And I, and, I, and I can tell you for me, all of those reasons, like if someone would ask me you know, two years ago, how's things going? I've been uh work, kids, work, you know? And those were the same reasons why I made the excuse of why I wasn't moving forward in my in, in my entrepreneurial, you know, like goals or like, you know, I don't want to call them dreams, but like my aspirations to be an entrepreneur. And what it came down to is in order to be an entrepreneur, you have you have to be creative. Like oh, 100%. You, you have to be creative. And it's so funny because I remember three years ago or so me saying to my wife, I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to do something, you know, in a, in, in, in a business wise. I want to do something, you know, and I always thought it would be through her. Like I always was like, you know, keep baking, man. We That's what we're going to do. And I, and I think I put like the pressure of the world on her because I kind of made it like. In order for me to get to my dream you of to being, yours. you have to, we have to do yours. And uh, it's funny 
the moment I release the pressure and I find my own creativity, that's the moment where she's like, okay, I'm ready to do mine. Let's do it. You know, so it, it ended up twofold. It ended up working for me and it ended up encouraging her. So now we're on a path where I got, I got two shots right now. You know, I'm at a, a Wildwood trying to win a basketball and I, and I, and I got a, I got an extra shot, bro. You know, so. so to put that in the Brene Brown thing, right? Like you mm. created a culture where yes. everybody was vulnerable enough. And I mean, you know, this is like, if you're reading the book, you would see that like you, you created a culture where you, everyone was vulnerable enough that everyone could be creative. And as mm -hmm. soon as you did that, everyone started being creative all the way down to your daughter, all your wife, all that. So my, both of my okay. sons, it's coming. Yep. I got extra, yep. I got a whole lot of shots here. So <laughs> something, something's going to stick. That's good. So, so what do you, what do you, what shots are you taking this week? So yeah, this week, um, so summer's come, summer's here just about, you know, Memorial Day kicks it off. So the window for uh, summer seasonings and summer rubs, not that people don't barbecue all year round, but the, the season for summer rubs is going to be pretty much over by like July 4th, like in terms of introducing new things. Mm -hmm. So we got two seasonings coming out on May 24th, and I'm actually perfecting two more barbecue-specific seasonings. Not that you can't use them in other ways, but they're they're made for barbecue they're made for those family gatherings so that one right those are coming right now and uh i, I pretty much got them down packed so uh i'm gonna run one more test and uh that's pretty much it and then we'll have two more seasons so be on the lookout we'll, we'll be dropping uh two seasonings in may 24th and then two seasonings june 24th to get your summer popping all the way through there you go yeah, for me, uh, you know, I actually am starting to have a little bit of time open up in my schedule. You know, I've been investing a lot uh, in, in Sarah and helping her kind of get started. But she started now, right? She can kind of like go on her own. And so she'll send me answers to things as opposed to questions and that sort of thing. So I'm starting to like get a little bit of that time back to myself. And so I'm starting to kind of figure out what is that and what is that going to be? Um, I have a little ideas that I'm kicking around and I'm trying to like learn some things and figure it out. So hopefully in the next, I don't know, some two to six weeks or so, there's like a little idea that maybe I percolated around or, or something that I have that I can start pushing forward from a business perspective. Um, and it's been cool, you know, a lot of, a lot of like discussions and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to keep focused on that, like sort of idea generation phase, see if I can come up with something that is reasonable that I can build, um, that also maybe I could make some money off and try to like tie all that stuff together. So that'll be the focus for me uh, this week. Hopefully I get a little done and uh, yeah, keep going from there. Yeah. Where can people find right. us? I guess. Hey, right? yeah. Check us out <laughs> on the website, man. The process is black and white.com and search us on all of your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram um, at the process is black and white. Come right up. All right. Talk to you next week. All right. Ah, 